Hey mamas, and welcome to Nutrition for Littles, a podcast dedicated to helping you raise healthy, confident, and independent eaters. I'm Alyssa, your mama in BRD. I'm a registered dietitian and mama of two. I specialize in nutrition and feeding for infants and toddlers. Nutrition is kind of my thing, and I love sharing it. But honestly, the few seconds Instagram gives me on my stories just wasn't cutting it anymore. Join me each week right here as we go deeper and tackle topics like picky eating, mealtime struggles, baby-led weaning, fostering a healthy relationship with food, and so much more. I'll try to be short because mom life, but I plan on giving you real-life tactical advice and answering your actual questions. I will walk you through actionable strategies to help you protect and preserve your child's innate ability to listen to their bodies and eat intuitively. Let's jump right into today's topic. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited you guys are here. I wanted to record an episode all about condiments. Okay, so I talked about this a while back on my Instagram stories and got so much feedback that you guys thought was so helpful. And I wanted to make sure I made a podcast out of it and had a permanent place for all this information because I think it can be really helpful. I know this is a question that I get often of like, what do I do if my little one is just straight up eating the condiment? What if I do if my little one's eating it with a spoon? What if they're using the food I want them to eat as a utensil? Or even on the flip side, what if your little one won't touch the condiment or the sauce, right? Some of you are like, what? You have that? Yes. Some parents even have it that direction as well. So I am going to break it all down for you and give you my best tips and how to handle this in your home. So first and foremost, and kind of upfront, even before this condiment comes into your home, is a reminder that you get to decide. You get to decide what comes into your home and what doesn't. And maybe that means for you, if if you know this condiment is going to stress you out, if it's going to be a point of contention in your home and you don't want to give them more and you only want them to have a tablespoon, maybe that's a little flag for you to say, should I even bring this condiment in my home? Or is there a better option that won't leave me feeling so stressed out if they do eat plenty of it? Is there more than one of this product on the market? And can I find an option that I prefer? Maybe for you, that's less sugar. Maybe it's less sodium. Maybe it's less of something else. Whatever that is, take a look at the nutrition labels. Oftentimes we can find a similar food that has the same effect or same, you know, excitement factor at the table, but doesn't offer the types of foods or ingredients that you're uncomfortable serving in larger quantities, I guess I'll say. So just a reminder that you get to control. It's kind of like a gatekeeper of your home, what comes in there and what doesn't. And then a same kind of the same lines there. Oh, and with that, I wanted to also mention, you can also make your own. So there's a lot of really great dips and recipes that you can make from scratch for yourself. You can freeze in little ice cube trays so you have them on hand at any time. They don't have to like fill up your fridge with fresh mayonnaise or whatever that might look like for you. But oftentimes I find there are certain things that are worth the effort to make myself and certain things that aren't. And if you're not that type of person, 
that is fine too. There's plenty of markets or plenty of products out there for you to choose from. Okay, so on this same kind of plane is that you're also in control, reminder with the division of responsibility of what goes on the plate, what comes to the table, what is being served. So you get to decide how often these condiments are being served. So if it's for you, let's say ranch dressing, you get to decide if it gets served alongside pizza or you get to decide if it's served as a dressing for a salad or on the side of carrot sticks or uh, chicken tenders or anything like that. You get to decide what that condiment is. So this goes into your kind of higher level, big picture decision that you get to decide what goes on the plate and what comes to the table. Okay. So just a reminder there that you truly are in charge of that uh, portion of the night. So even if your little one's begging for it, even if you typically serve pizza with ranch dressing, it's okay to make the menu and decide that tonight we're not having it, which means that maybe you're only serving condiments a few times a week or once a week, or maybe even less in your home. There's no right answer with how often we should be serving condiments, but it's important to remember that we don't have to have them every night. So by being the one in control of how often they're served, then you can kind of loosen the reins a little bit if they're eating more than you would like in that one sitting, because we remember that it's one sitting. Okay. Then I think the next step would be to set the expectation. We can gently tell them what our intentions are for serving this condiment. So we can put it down and say, hey, look, I put some ketchup on your plate for you to dip your, uh, what is it? Hmm, Chicken tenders. And I couldn't think of anything else. I'm sorry. I should have written this down. Should have written my examples down. But I never want this to feel scripted because it's just a chat between me and you. But truly, you can tell them, hey, look, I put this on your plate so you can dip your X, Y, and Z. Now, fully expect for your expectations not to be met, but it puts the seed in their brain. It reminds them of why it's there. And even if they choose to do something totally different with the condiment, you have then kind of set your expectations and then we let go right? Then we let go. And eventually I promise you, they're going to get out of the stage of just like trying to see mom's reaction. (laughs) And they're going to get out of the stage of exploring with their food and they're going to learn what they like and don't like. Sometimes we see them doing crazy things. Like I'll never forget my son was dipping zucchini in peanut butter and I was mortified. Like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? But here's what I did. I calmed down (laughs) on the outside at least, and I let him explore and I let him learn what different flavors taste like together. It is no fun to be told what you're going to like and what you're not going to like. And more times than not, our little ones decide against us. Even if they don't actually agree, they just want to push that boundary and learn what you're going to do about it. So we stay calm. We let them explore Even if that means that they're lapping up their ketchup like a dog, even if that means that they're dipping, what was it, zucchini into peanut butter, whatever they're doing to explore, we let them explore. We can set the expectation. We don't have to like mandate that they follow it to our T, okay? But we do also want to, and this is my next tip, is set them up for success. Truly create an environment that's intuitive for them to want to dip that food in that condiment or whatever that looks like. So a lot of times for me, that looks like putting the condiment directly on the food. So an example would be like a hot dog. 
I put the ketchup on top of the hot dog. So I'm deciding how much is going on that hot dog. Or if I'm putting it on the side, A, and this is kind of also with setting them up for success, I start small, like a little dollop. I'm not giving them a soup bowl size of ketchup and starting them small. Or maybe you're serving them, let's say, veggie sticks. Maybe you serve them dipped already into the ranch dressing. So they're already dipped in there, like in a little mason jar, a little bowl. And they just pull it out and eat it. So you're setting them up for success saying, hey, this is what I want you to do with it versus just giving them a bowl of ranch and a plate of veggies. They may not know what to do. So if you put them together and give it like, hey, this is the structure. Here's what I'm looking for. You're just kind of intuitively leading them to where you want them to go. And and this can be created in a lot of different ways of how to be intuitive about it. Um, but I think that's really important of setting them up for success. Again, starting small is so important and knowing that we don't have to refill the condiment ASAP, okay? We are not at their beck and call, especially if we're doing family meals where we're sitting with them. This is a great experience to teach them patience and remind them that we are not their slave, okay? We are literally a parent and a human being that needs their own needs met, and that's good modeling for them as well. So we can tell them, oh, I see that you want more ranch dressing. Give mommy one minute to finish up her sandwich, and I'll go get you some more, okay? Then we wait. Sometimes that helps because they're satiated a little bit with food. They can look around, see what else is on the plate. Sometimes not, but we start small, even if it's 15 seconds of making them wait. And we add time on as we go until they are more patient, honestly, (laughs) and this will take time. And that leads me to my next tip is modeling the behavior. I know my table talkers are so tired of me saying that, but truly modeling the behavior is one of the most effective things we can do for our little one. So if we show them how we dip our food into it, how we use this dip, how when the dip is gone, we're done, or how we get seconds of the dip, or maybe how we don't even touch the dip, we don't like it, whatever that looks like, we model that behavior for them. And that is really, really effective. So I would highly recommend if they're trying to get your attention by scooping it up with a spoon, you're ignoring, okay? You're not ignoring them as a human. You're ignoring the behavior. You're still conversing with them. You're still, you know, having a relationship with them. And you're also enjoying your meal as well and modeling that behavior, even if they're doing something that makes you want to cringe and throw it against the wall, okay? (laughs) So we're modeling that behavior. Now, I will say that again, this comes down to your boundaries. If for you, it is a deal breaker, like you just cannot handle them licking the ketchup off the plate, then you get to tell them, hey, this is a dip. It's a condiment. It's meant to be um, used with X, Y, or Z, whatever you're serving it with. However you intended it to be used, you set that boundary verbally with them. You give them a warning and let them know that if they continue using it inappropriately or they're, you know, eating it with a spoon, you're not going to put any more on their plate because that's not how you intended to serve it. And that's fine too. You get to uphold those boundaries. But again, with boundaries in parenting, especially with toddlers, it's important to be consistent, transparent, predictable, and make it make sense. Okay. Our little ones need to have it make sense. They can't just one day be given a tub of ranch and the next day they can only have one squirt of ketchup, okay? There needs to be some predictability in there. 
that they can truly understand where that is coming from. So I I think those are all my tips for you right now. And I truly believe that if this is implemented, it is important. I I know a lot of people might recommend that like, oh, they just get one dollop and that's all they get. But here's what I will make you kind of or encourage you to think through. When we create certain foods in a scarcity mindset, like, oh, they're not getting enough or they can't have any more or um, they're worried about the amount, they will focus on that food. They'll put it up on a pedestal. It'll become a special food and you're going to get more and more of the same behavior you don't actually like. For example, scooping it up with a spoon, licking it off their plate. When they're obsessed with a food, it becomes an obsession about the food rather than actually if they even enjoy it because they're so worried that they're not going to get enough, that um, it's going away, that it becomes this like pedestal special food kind of similar to desserts. So we don't want to encourage, I wouldn't encourage making this food a special food or scarcity food that, you know, that kind of feeling. If you are truly running out of it, you're transparent. You tell them we're truly running out of it. Um, you can put it on the list. If other family members need it too, that is perfectly reasonable to tell them. You can put it on the list to get more and let them know that. Um, I actually have an entire episode of the podcast, if you scroll back, dedicated to when to say no. So this is kind of like the episode I send a lot of people when I'm always like, say yes, give more. Once you decide to serve it, let them eat as much as they want. And parents are like, right, but like, when do I say no to this? And that episode is outlining all the reasons you might say no or slow down. So just a reminder here, you're still the parent, you were in charge of the big stuff, but once you decide to serve it, I don't recommend limiting it or restricting it because it can actually cause more intentional um, attention given to that food, which means they're going to eat more of it. <laughs> and a reminder here to keep our actions calm, even if they are using their hands, licking it up, whatever they're doing with their condiment that you feel like is an inappropriate use of it. It's okay to ignore the behavior and still continue on with the, with like mealtime in general. You're not ignoring them as a human. Okay. Like this is where I feel like for me as a parent, this might sound dumb to you, but literally as a parent, I was like, oh, they say to ignore it. They say to ignore it. So I would just like ignore my kid. Like, (laughs) this is so embarrassing to admit, but I truly didn't understand that you can ignore the behavior and still be relational with your child um, in that experience without like jaw dropping, looking at them eating ketchup from a spoon or being like, what are you doing? No, ew, that's gross. Blah, blah, blah. What are you doing? You can't have more of that. That's so unhealthy for you. And you're like focusing on the attention or the behavior. You're giving attention to that behavior, which is just encourage them to do it again. Right. We've seen this in toddlers. So we can set our boundaries and keep neutral and still keep a positive meal environment. So I also want to mention that condiments can be a really useful tool in your tool belt to create a bridge to new foods. So if your little one struggles eating certain foods, sometimes introducing a condiment that they do like already with that food to use as a dip can be really effective in getting them to have some novelty around this food, some excitement and some encouragement to try it. Um, So that can be a really effective tool. 
just want to mention that because I feel like I'm going all negative on condiments. And again, if your little one is um, resistant to them, do they need them in their diet? Probably not. But if you want them to, again, setting them up for success, modeling that behavior, already predetermining how they're dipped into the food and that's how you're serving it can be an effective way to do that as well. But condiments truly can be an amazing bridge and a tool to get them to like new foods that they've been hesitant to try in the past. So I hope this episode, I hope, (laughs) I hope this episode was helpful for you in tackling this topic. I know it's a big one. So I hope you take these steps and put them into action and I will see you next week. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you're walking away with some tangible ways to bring peace to your mealtimes. And if you like this episode, please subscribe and tell all your mom friends. And as always, the best compliment you can give me is leaving a rating and written review. You can find more from me on Instagram at momandmerd. And please feel free to send me any questions or comments you may have by emailing me at alyssa at momandmerd.com. Until next time, mamas. Thank you.